Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode uh, 652, recording today, Wednesday, and streaming, uh, Wednesday the 13th of January 2021, as we enter the new... Well, I suppose, twenty. no, 20s would have been 20. So anyway, yeah, we're in a new year. I mean, we obviously had our first show of the year last year, uh, last week, and uh, it was lovely to see you all back. Hope you're all kind of well and rested and getting back into work, if that's something that you're able to do at the moment. I know things are very difficult for a lot of people. Uh, before I get into my guests, I'll do a bit of housekeeping. Uh, obviously, Sonic Talk is the uh, podcast to do with uh, music technology and music production, all things to do with creating, recording, performing and streaming, all the stuff to do with music. Uh, software, synthesizers, drum machines, recording, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, you can find us on Stitcher, you can find us on Google Podcasts, we're on iTunes, we're also on Amazon, and if you like, uh, I'm trying to post, I don't think I can post, yeah, I, Amazon, uh, Google Podcasts as well, Amazon, you can ask Alexa to play uh, Sonic Talk Podcast, and that will work, uh, and we're also... Uh, um, well, if you like what you hear, I mean, no, it's a bit early to tell if this is your first show because it's just me talking. But uh, if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and ring the bell because we not only do podcasts, we do a lot of uh, product reviews, uh, features, interviews and that sort of thing. And if you're feeling really uh, um, positive, you could actually uh, also... Uh, ah, it seems my MIDI channel, my MIDI... My MIDI's gone wrong, which is a bit of a shame. You can also uh, support us on uh, Patreon, which is what I'm trying to find at the moment, but my MIDI seems to have disappeared. Here we go. Uh, so if you want to join us on Patreon, then that is also a place where you can... Um, where you can. What am I doing? My, my website... All my, all my stuff has gone wrong already. That's just not what I want to hear. This is what I wanted to play. That's right. Yeah, support us on Patreon, which is uh, Sonic State... Patreon slash... Uh, sonicstate.com uh, we've got a couple of tier levels been posting a lot of new stuff uh, Ed's 42 HP uh, series there's a companion videos for those there's five minutes with companion videos there's early access stuff there's also uh, some patches I just posted the Op6 patches that went with the review because I got a beta of the uh, Korg library of the Op6 so it's all exclusive stuff there and uh, that's all good Right, okay, it's going to be one of those days, is it? So now I need to switch back to me because basically um, my MIDI control has gone down, so it's all going to be a manual mouse click kind of thing. Let's try in some guests. <laughs> we haven't had Mr Dominic Hawken for a really long time and none of the lower thirds are going to work either, I'm afraid. Although, no, no worries. Uh, that's not going to work. It's all Just broken. out of interest, we couldn't hear any of the intro music or audio on our headphones when you launched, or you neither, just in case it appears later. Oh, excellent. So even like even more you know. stuff will be wrong. That's perfect. Uh, how are Thank you, Dom? Dominic Hawk and Mr. Yeah, Wiggly. Really. I'll say Mr. Wiggly on YouTube. Uh, yes, who's there in right. the studio. Um, yeah, really good. Now, I had, a, I had a, a couple of migraine attacks recently, which, which knocked me out for a couple of weeks, which has been a bit bonkers. But back with a vengeance, everything's um, kind of back to normal and hitting the ground running. And one thing that happens if you're knocked out with a migraine in your head, you suddenly start thinking, I really must do that. I'm really looking forward to doing that. I could really kind of go and you get very inspired because you're kind of sitting there doing nothing. So looking forward to the next few weeks of, of lockdown, if you can, just to try and get a load of stuff done. Um, I've been working on a couple of plugins, which is really quite exciting. Oh. On a, a project that I can't talk about yet, but I can do soon. Um, so that's really good. Uh, having done all the, the coding and the programming for Snuggle Sounds, a sleep app that I was involved with, uh, I'm now doing some musical based plugins for Logic and, and Ableton and so forth. So hopefully in the next two to three months, we might see something coming out of that. So that's a, a really interesting new kind of learning 
process for me. Oh, exciting. Exciting stuff. Uh, well, lovely to have you uh, aboard. Let's see if we... Yeah, oh, well, it's working now. If I click on the icons, then the things... I was just pressing the wrong buttons, but I, my buttons are broken. Uh, lovely to see you. Uh, also, we have Mr. Yoad Nevo, who is uh, a first for you of 2021. How are you doing, Yoad, over there in Nevo well, Sound? I'm very well. Very well, thank you. Good to be here, as always. Well, it's nice to have you. Have you been busy? Have you, did you get some time off over Christmas, or have you been working? Um, I had a bit of time off not too much uh and now i'm really busy and uh, last week i couldn't even you know i saw your email and i just ignored it ignored it because <laughs> i was totally so uh, overwhelmed uh but yeah you know i'm i'm lucky that uh that i can be working and mixing and producing and stuff and it's all interesting and good well i wonder if uh, I, I i was wondering about the uh um what what is it that people want from you this year? Is it mixing stuff that you're doing, or is it uh, other development work? Well, I mean, I'm you know I'm I'm very much involved in the development work at Waves, um, and that takes um, some of my time. But I do a lot of mixing and a lot of mastering, which is something that I used to do remotely uh, even before lockdown. So. Uh, um, so I would say remotely, um, kind of uh, working on, yeah, on production and uh, mixing. Production is more challenging when you're not with a person in the same room, but it kind of works as well. And then it leads to interesting uh, interactions and stuff. It's just that when you ask for a new vocal take, then you, you will get it the next day at best you know yeah, uh, so sometimes uh, okay. it's uh, so, so it's a different pace but uh, but since i have a lot of things going on i kind of at the same time i kind of uh, it's a match you know yeah. yeah and it's interesting i like it that way but not to get stuck on a whole thing for two days or some or something like that but to to have like a couple of hours mixing and then working on a track and then doing something else and then you know it's interesting it's cool Good. And we also have Mr. Gaz Williams, who's there in his studio in Bristol. How are you, Gaz? Uh, bass player, music technologist, and uh, other, what, uh, I don't know, what other stuff you do. <laughs> other. You do loads of stuff. How are you? Um, yeah, I'm good. What, have I, what am I now? I'm a VJ now. That's my, uh, that's, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, not really, but uh, I've been playing around with Resolume, and that is just, uh, that's really dead exciting. It's like Ableton Live for visuals. Um and uh, yeah, it just, uh, just, 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 just getting into it, and I, I'm just, oh, yes. So no, that's a, a real exaggeration to be in a VJ. No, uh, but um, I'm very good, thank you very much, and I'm really glad to be here. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, good. Um, I'm dying to get stuck into these topics, though, because there are some quite interesting bits of news, isn't there? I mean, do you think, like, uh, obviously, Nam or the virtual Nam looming? We're gonna, we're, we're seeing like the new stuff coming out. Uh, it's quite exciting time for us. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. It, I suppose it is. I mean, it's not, it's not, I wouldn't say it's, it, I, I don't know. I mean, I think people have been aiming for this rough period, but the kind of whole uh, thing to do with, you know, hitting the first day of NAM and all NAM week is is a bit vague. So it's not so necessary. But yeah, that's an interesting point. I mean, there's always going to be gear released at this time of year, right? I mean, that's, that's what people have traditionally gone. It would take a while for people to get out of that habit, I would think. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, interesting. Bring it on is what I say. I mean, you know, if we're going to be stuck indoors for ages longer, you know, we need some nice uh, new gear to kind of keep us entertained. Um, 
or even Absolutely. just watching videos of other people playing with new gear. <laughs> but, um, Quite. So I, I'm, I'm mm. slight. I am somewhat distracted because nothing, none of the buttons are working, which is a little oh. bit of a drag. But hey, we'll, well, we'll figure it out. You're pushing my buttons, and that's working. So, oh, well, yeah. I'm not sure. If that, is that a good thing? That's, that sounds like. <laughs> right. Um, so let's let's better now, pushing uh, than pulling. Yeah, I suppose so. Let's see what we've got on our first <laughs> video. So uh, I'm just trying to find. Oh, now I've got to find all my blooming. Hold on, I'm going to have to create. What I'm going to have to do is 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 turn a lot of things out because otherwise I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to basically, you have to bear with me a little bit because this is all a mouse driven uh, affair, which is going to be a little bit more complicated than usual. Ah, here we go. Let's go. So this is. We ain't really bad, no drama. We ain't really bad, no hype. This gentleman is called. Um, yeah. I got no sound, Nick. Really? Yeah, it looks like he's going out on the street now, so that's okay. I ain't talking about pebbles. Yo, what's up? It's Zilly here from Black Alack, and I'm here to show you Roland's Verse Lab MV1, an amazing songwriting machine for the modern music maker. Let's check it out by making a song. We trying to live all this life. First Lab's workflow strip will guide you step. Or let's not, because it's quite a long video. It's an interesting, they've gone for a kind of full deep in. This is the first video that's gone up for the new Roland MV1 uh, Verse Lab. That was Zeal from Black Alack. Um, uh, and it's uh, obviously they're going for the kind of. Uh, I guess the sort of hip hop beats kind of crew just purely, and I think it's purely because the MC, uh, was it the SP404 that was a really big popular thing amongst beat makers, especially in the States. Uh, it's that little square thing um, with the, with the four buttons, uh, with the eight buttons on it. That's like a sampler stroke sort of beat maker. And I think they're trying to convert maybe some of those people who are still, there's a lot of people still using those and it hasn't been sort of updated. So, uh, it has uh, 128, the, the standard, it seems, the now standard 128 voice Zencore engine, which is what the MC707 and the MC101 and many other of their new synths has got, which means uh, presumably it will link up with Cloud World and the whole Zencore uh, um, environment that they've got there. Plus, uh, it's got a sort of single vocal record audio track, which I think is bigger than what you could do on the 707 in that you can create, you can, I think up to 12 minutes of mono. So you can record a vocal that goes along with each of the sections you make. So it's sort of a bit of pat and a bit of beat. It's an interesting idea and it may well be exactly what, because they've also included the sort of vocal looping or the vocal, or the vocal transformation effects and stuff. Um, and maybe it'll work. I don't know. It's an interesting one. It just feel, as I said earlier, that it's a little bit like there's a, a get, just a, a a kind of rewrap of the 707. You're nodding there, sagely, Gaz. So I'm guessing. Well, I mean, I I've got real mixed feelings about this, and I'm it kind of makes me quite angry as well because I think there's certain limitations to it, and it, that's kind of fairly typical that Roland sometimes do, where I think they make things a little bit too narrow in its focus. I mean, yes, the Zencore is gigantic what you can do with that engine i mean it's uh Sounds it does good, sound actually. fabulous yeah uh but i mean one vocal track come on i mean you know it's uh it's well all you want to so do is rap right well this is exactly the this is uh, rah, 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 rah. this is where it kind of gets my goat now 
It's like, um, you know, it's you can see how it makes music, which is kind of very current, and that's why they've done it. It's, uh, but also, I feel it's incredibly limiting in that way. I mean, when I first noticed, first saw it, I thought, yes, here's something that focuses on arrangement and song arrangement, songwriting. So that's what got me excited. And then as soon as I saw the kind of limitations, oh man, it should be a 16 track or at least an eight track audio recorder, not one measly track. I mean, I think that's pathetic. Roland, you can do better than this. You were onto a good thing, but you've gone and spogged it by kind of limiting it. You know, they do this and it kind of is frustrating because it will sound great and it will work well and it'll be, you know, um, reliable and there'll be lots of good things about it. But ultimately, it's a big from me because of the limitation of one track. They could have done it better. Yeah, I don't know whether it's bounceable or anything like that, Dom. I mean, I think uh, you can also sample into it, so you can put your own beats into the into it. So you know, the, yeah, I, I think it, it does. Yeah. I, I agree to it. I'm perhaps not quite so passionately as Gaz, but it does seem like it's ooh. It's like when when you're when you're when you're when your when your football team shoots and the cut it looks like it's going to be a fantastic goal. The audience go yeah, oh, yeah. it feels like one of those moments, <laughs> a little bit. Hundred percent, hundred hundred percent, and and I love splogged. I've now got clag nuts and splogged from uh, from Gaz to add to the vocabulary. That's that's an excellent one. It it because it, it could be so cool as well. It, the trouble is, it's a bit too much of a toy on that basis i think they've also they should never call anything a verse lab if it's a if it's for hip-hop what about the chorus (laughs) well do you know what i mean it should be an mpc something or a qtk4 or something people are just used to these these hardcore things being called letters i know that's a funny point but it doesn't sound right it sounds like one of those boxes that you you can sort of sing into that'll do auto harmonizing and that kind of stuff Um, which it will do i believe it does it does do that stuff and you're, you're, you're dead right there. I mean, if you can bounce the voice and you can, well, you, you still need to, 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 you know, balance them right, don't you? Bottom line is if you're, if you're using it and you're rapping or whatever, you've got your main take and you definitely want two or three background takes doubling up the words. It'd be really easy to oh, do yeah. that kind of stuff. And it would sound great. You know, those kind of vocal takes don't need masses of, of work or anything to make them sound right. They want to be raw and everything. So, you know, even... Uh, even a deluge or something, it's not far off that price point. You know, you can record as many vocal takes that you, as you want in there. It's less live oriented for live voice going in, but you're in that price bracket. And this just sounds like it's too high a price bracket for something with that kind of limitation. And it really wouldn't take much. I know it's easy to say, oh, just stick multi-track recording in it and it'll all be fine. But, um, but Gaz is right. If you, if you really want to go out and make a decent tune on it, you need to have uh, a better way of getting your vocals on. The rest of it, I think, probably sounds great. And it's got lots of effects and ways that you can change the sound as you're working. But it is it is let down. And I I, I share Gaz's splogging, I'm afraid, on this one. Oh, dear. OK, well, uh, Johan, how are you feeling about it? I mean, have, have you heard the uh, Z-Core engine? It is actually quite quite an impressive yeah. uh, thing. It it's quite impressive. Great. And th- therefore, it's... Um you know, it's unimaginable that something like that is not capable of recording 16 vocal tracks and processing them and processing their grandmother. You know, it's not, it, it shouldn't be a technical problem. And even let's say if it is on a certain level, I wouldn't mind having to freeze and unfreeze 15 tracks while I'm working on the sixth one and even waiting half a, half a minute or something like that for it to process it, but just to allow me 
to play back uh, 16 tracks. Uh, I don't mind being able to record one or two or something like that. I don't need to, to record a um, multi-mic uh, drum kit or, or anything like that, but just to being able to, to create a, a track. What about guitar? What about, you know, percussion, live percussion and stuff that you, you know, so, um, so in that sense, it's a bit disappointing. And basically, it seems to me like they, they conceptually, what you want this, these days is a device that you can take and create the final product with. You don't want to be creating demos because that's, you know, that's a thing of the past. These days you want to create something and then be, be, if you have a great vibe and a great vocal take or something, you want to keep it. You don't, and you want to overdub and you want to, you know, so yeah, a little bit disappointing unless, which will be even more annoying is if they, you know, they, they will release verse, uh, verse uh, chorus, like you said, or something like that, which will have this option. And then all the people who went and bought, went out and bought this one, what would they say? You know, so any, any way you look at it, it's not great. Yeah, I, I, I just pick. Oh, sorry, can oh, I just jump oh, in there, just pick it up very well, quickly <laughs> on, on, what, on what you were saying, though, because one of the features about this uh, Verse Lab is it has got like a kind of mastering mix down facility in yeah, it. So it true. is kind of focusing on trying to make, keeping it all in the box, which I think is a, potentially a great idea. But, you know, but this super limitation kind of really spoils it. Sorry. That was it. No, all I was going to say was I can I can almost imagine the meeting there when they developed this product and someone said, you know what, I reckon we could get a vocal track in there if we stick a mic and someone could at least use it to get some ideas down. And it's an afterthought that's now become a, why on earth did they only put one vocal on there? I mean, if, if there was no vocal recording on it, we'd probably say, well, it's nice, but it's a bit overpriced. Wouldn't it be nice if this and that? But actually, it's 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 a feature that perhaps has been considered for it and then just not... Yeah, it was a bonus type of thing, really. That should be. There. Um, yeah, I, I, I maybe. I mean, it has got pads, so we've, we've, we're talking. It's a four by four pad matrix. So you, you know, people who want that interface, because that's not what was available on the MCs, and a lot of people are going to be kind of happy that because that's the language they speak, and it means that they can kind of go, okay, yeah, this this makes sense for me. So I can kind of, I can kind of see how that would uh, would work. Uh, I'm just uh, what before we go any further, it's a six nine nine. I should point out, uh, you've got seven tracks and one vocal track up to one uh, twelve. Uh, let me see, can I actually? Uh, I'm trying to find the button. I've got so many inputs here. Uh, cut to that. Uh, it's not what I want to do. Now I need to find the other mic. This, I tell you what. This is definitely something I'm missing, my MIDI controller. I don't know why it's <laughs> fallen off. So, yeah, specifications, uh, 128 voices, Zencore, which, as we say, sounds great. You know, preset tones. It's it's all of that stuff. Uh, and uh, and it, it it's sort of... Uh, Zencore's becoming the D-beam of the 21st, uh, 21st the 2021s, I think, um, to a degree, because it's <laughs> everywhere. And it, it it's not a bad concept. It just feels like... I, I think I agree with you guys that it feels like there could have been a little bit more... Um, done. Well, e e even if you could have a guitar track, an acoustic guitar track, or an electric guitar track, or something alongside it, you know, would have kind of opened it up to so many more people. Yeah, but I, I, I think that what what they did here is actually very clever because we're all talking about the fact that there's only one track, and no one has ever mentioned the tiny screen and the, <laughs> the menu diving that you have to. So in that sense, they they kind of. Got yeah, right, well, that's maybe. true. I mean, that's the thing about the MC-707. Uh, the screen was actually adequate for editing this stuff. 
The 101, not so much. It was a bit of a frustrating experience. But uh, this has got the same kind of character layout display as the 101. So you're not going to be getting mm. in there unless there's an editor coming on, <coughs> which there wasn't uh, for the 101. So it may not be the case. Uh, I'm just going to um, say a quick word to our friend over at Isotope while I've got the button in front of my face. Uh, if you want to, let me see if I do that. That'll work. Yes. Uh, isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk if you save 10% on uh, Isotope products. Uh, in fact, there's a flash sale as well. There's even more stuff. So you might be able to dis. But if you're looking at getting into any of the Isotope uh, sound world or sound uh, manipulation world, it's a very good time for, for, you, for Sonic Talk listeners because you can save 10% using the code SONIC10 at checkout by going to isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk. And that would be the, how you would get that. And we thank them for uh, extending that offer into 2021. I'm sure a lot of you folks will uh, maybe take advantage of it. Um, okay. Uh, yes. What was? What else was that? Sorry, I, I am a little bit distracted. So uh, that was uh, MC seven oh seven. Oh yeah, this was interesting. Um, this is the p potential. I mean, this is a little bit. Uh, I, I saw this and I thought, oh, that's interesting. I wonder if there's any truth in it. And it actually turns out that there is no truth in this whatsoever. This is the uh, speculative <laughs> um, article <laughs> on uh, Synthtopia which I thought might be backed up by some firm evidence, but isn't at all, which is fine, you know. Uh, but are Sequential maybe thinking about doing their own OBX? And I thought that would be an interesting thing, particularly as Behringer have said that they want to do their own. And I have got a video which I wanted to play. This is from Retrosound, uh, which I will play now. Because I thought OBXA, OBX rather, classic sounds. This is made by Retrosound. Check them on YouTube. They do loads of great stuff. It's a beautiful looking thing. Oops, I turned it down because my mouse is broken. Everything's going wrong here. <laughs> so there are some classic sounds that the uh, that the OBX is capable of. You know, it's it's very much of its age, and I, but it's not something I've ever experienced. I think the closest I got was uh, when we went to see uh, a chap called uh, Ham Plaza in London, his studio. He's got one, but his was broken, so we didn't quite get the full uh, OBX experience. I wonder, does anybody, are there any hands up for, yes, please, let's have the OBX? Because uh, I'm not, I'm just, I'm probably not that guy. Yoad, you look like you might actually be uh, with a smile on your about, face there. Yeah, I just, I just want to say that for me, um, I've not played a, a pro, um, not pro, the, what OB6. is it? The OB6, yeah. Um, but from what I what I saw on YouTube and stuff uh, and comparing it to DeepMind and to Junos and things like that uh, and to OBX, um, it, this is something I would like to, to have maybe when I grow up. Like uh, an OBS, an <laughs> That's uh, that sounds like a like, like the best thing uh, in terms of uh, of modern analog that that I've heard. Um, yeah, I've not played one in real life, so so I've not tried it in the studio. But from what I can tell from from YouTube, and just by means of of comparing, you know, to other things that I do know, it just sounds so good. Um, I would. I, so I reviewed it, and it definitely has a sort of smile factor. I likened it to, you know, when uh, I don't know. I, I think you know. I bought like an old-fashioned sort of big PP3, big battery-powered, old-school 
valve radio and I turned it on and I listened to the radio I normally listen to and it's just got, you go, oh, that sound I'd forgotten, you know, the stuff that maybe you, your mum and dad had in the kitchen when you were a tiny, tiny baby and you just, it's that sort of woody quality of sound and it's that nostalgic thing and you get that from the OBS. Not, I'm not saying it sounds like a valve radio, but it's got that sound and you go, oh, that's that, is it? That's what that does. And there's there's definitely something to it. Um, I wonder whether or not maybe, yeah, it's, uh, it's a, in this world where everything's becoming smaller and more compact, having a big, largesse kind of polysynth feels like a little bit like going against the tide somewhat because it's it, a it spatial. Is, it is. And that's, that's another thing I like about the, the DeepMind. It's form factor. It's quite small. It, yeah. It's very small, but it packs like all the features of a, of a you know, of a fully featured analog synth. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm kind of tired of the old mammoths like of of yesteryears you know the the juno and all that they're great but i don't know you could do uh, that okay. dom i noticed you had a bit of a sort of glassy stare there you sort of <laughs> were you were you heading i've used them all back in the day i i I mean, I, I produced an album for a, a German band called Alphaville who had a hit years and years ago called Big in Japan. I produced that, but after that, they made some more albums and I spent some time with them in Berlin and they'd collected kind of one of everything, two of everything half the time, synth-wise. Um, and there's something, and it's just purely personal. Um, I have an OB6, I have a, a Pro Profit 6, um, and I've played them all back in the day and I've owned a few and, and sold them on and stuff, but... The Oberheims for me, it's like the difference between, say, Ultravox and Japan, if you know, if you know your new romantics, the, the, the slightly organic Prophet 6 versus the slightly bright and brittle um, Oberheims. And they are two quite different sounds. And I've always had problems with the Oberheim um, sitting stuff in the mix. It's a brilliant sound. Think Simple Minds. Think big, brassy, kind of cut through the mix, lovely, fat, huge, you know, big stuff. Um Whereas stuff like the Prophet 5 on the Roland side of things tended to just sound a little bit, uh, sat in the mix a little bit more, a little bit more organic perhaps sometimes. It feels a little bit smoother. And this is a very, very broad generalization and quite a kind of um, personal opinion, but that's where I'm at. So th they, they do different things and they do, uh, I do like the OB6, but it doesn't get used half as much. And I certainly wouldn't really be that excited about a remix, a re-release rather, um, coming out. Um, on that basis but other people do rave about them and you know you can if you're making stuff which is fairly minimalist and you just want a thumping great sound to come out through the center of the speakers then they're really good at that kind of stuff i do like though the old school big stuff i, I like the matrix brute because it's heavy and it's got big bits in it and stuff you know there is something nice about a piece of furniture with a keyboard and some electronics inside it <laughs> um but but i think in general yeah my my take is i've always been on the on the on the profit five kind of side of things right. compared to that SEM style stuff. But but we're getting into such finickety little, like, I hate that kind of gear slutsy kind of like, oh, I didn't like that. You know, it's not a bigger deal. You can do some amazing sounds out of whatever it is that you own. But just remember, it's one of those keyboards where, or those sounds, the sound engines where you play them and you go, wow, this is brilliant. And then when you try and sit it in something, it's really, really hard to make it work with anything else because it's just so... Big. It's the, it's the antisocial toddler that won't play nicely with uh, other <laughs> other children in the playground. Yeah, right? quite. Yeah. quite. <laughs> yeah, I know, Gaz. Do you have? A, I, I mean, there's something, there's something about it. It's like these. There's this nostalgia for these big old polysynths, isn't there? That you know, like, mm. you know, it's like the Jupiter Eight, and then Roland brought out the little 
boutique and it's sort of like mm, it's not quite it doesn't it's like the stonehenge moment in uh, spinal tap isn't it? <laughs> yes, it's just kind of like oh that's not quite what i meant but i suppose it's if it sounds the same but the physicality i suppose is such a big uh, a big part of this right yeah, I, I mean, especially for live. Gosh, remember that playing live. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of curious. I mean, if uh, I would be interested to see what the sales figures from Sequential are for that the Profit Five versus the Profit Six, um, and to see whether you know, vintage synths have been very much in demand largely because modern equivalents just w weren't anywhere near as kind of evocative or as good in some ways but now it feels like we're spoiled for choice with with new products you know the udo super six and um i mentioned the deep mind which fits in mixes really well in in my opinion um and well gosh all the rest is loads of choice, isn't there? In the poly, in the poly world now, which uh, which literally wasn't available from a few years ago. So I'm just kind of curious whether um, whether the desire for vintage synths will start to. I mean, there will always be collectors for sure, but um, but for sort of jobbing musicians or whatever, uh, whether n new designs are. Well, you know, I, yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. I think. I think the thing is, is these these big, nostalgic, expensive, and beautifully made. You know, uh, not built for mass production. I would be surprised if there's more than a few thousand of these things sold. But that's all it needs to be. If they're like four grand, yeah, three thousand bucks, a couple of thousand. That's like you know, that's a lot of revenue. You know, they don't need to sell because there there is more of a profit margin because they're not having to shave. You know, they're not playing the same game as Behringer does, which works in volume, and it's you know that's fine, but. Mm -hmm. That there is a, there's the ability for both, I suppose. So I, I don't know. I mean, it feels like almost you know it's the it, it's the it, it's the distressed Stratocaster of the uh, uh, or the the, the genuine nineteen fifties. <laughs> yeah. You know, whatever. You know, it's that's yeah, almost yeah. like a reissue. I mean, you know, can, can you imagine? It's like okay, the band that does the the the, the jobbing Van Halen covers band, uh, assuming they get more gigs and can play out live. You know, maybe they want one because. When they play Jump Live, then they have that thing. I mean, I don't know if it, it was the XA, I think, wasn't it? But you know what I'm saying? It's like the the song which features that synth, if you have it on stage, it somehow makes it more, I don't know. Which which Oberheim was used on Subdivisions by Rush? Was that the XA? Uh, I or the uh, Okay, because that's an amazing song. <laughs> Subdivisions yeah. by Rush is, if you don't know that song, is an amazing song. Lyrics, music, everything. And it's, I Rush guess, that had a an really... amazing band. Yeah. Hooray! There we go. You got, <laughs> that's we, the best. <laughs> there we go. We got, we got, a, we got a thumbs uh, up for that. I, yeah, I, totally. I'm not a Rush guy. It just doesn't, I, I mean, I don't speak. I, I haven't Listen really to Subdivisions. It'll it'll turn you around. It's brilliant. Okay, I'll try. I'll see how I get <laughs> on with it. Guitar anyway, then it was, it was a sort of non-news item because it's not happening. Uh, it's just it might. And it, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that the trick is to, to if you fall into that trap of thinking, well, if I had one of those, my my sound would be so much better compared to you know if I got the OBX remakes of the Deep Mind or if I got something. Else, it's it's just wrong. There, there are sonic differences but not enough to make the slightest bit of difference to the person listening to the tune that you've made at the end of the day. So just No, I think I think where this really where this really comes in is people who enjoy creating. Maybe they don't need they're not doing it 
to make commercial product, but they like to have the relationship with the physical thing, and that's what gives them joy. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's absolutely okay, in my opinion. This is what this whole industry that we're talking about, this is whole, what this whole industry is about. From plugins to guitars to synths to npcs or whatever it's it's about the 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 dream it's about like you have this thing you have this new guitar and you say wow it's so good and i'm having so much fun and that alone changes the track you're going to create or the music you're going to create and regardless of the specific sound of that humbucker or that whatever wiring of the switches on the strat it doesn't matter but as long as it makes you feel kind of groovy then you'll groove out um, and I think yeah. that that's what all the all the manufacturers are actually selling or trying trying to sell. They're selling the uh, the Christmas perfume with the lifestyle attached. Yeah, it's kind of I suppose it's in, in some ways it is. It, it's it's like it, yeah, it's like buying a car. You know, any car will get you from A to B, but it's about how you feel and what it looks like and what it makes you feel uh, when you look at it or when you. Sit well, in it or, or whether you can get the shopping in it, I suppose. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, it's another, another yeah. matter. I've never, had, I've never had one of those cars that, that, that is actually a kind of statement. Oh, I suppose maybe I, I had an old Saab, which I bought because I liked the look of it. But, you know, that was once when I used to uh, be involved in music and make money out of it. But, yeah, I suppose that's the thing. Right. Uh, well, on to more news. We've actually now, uh, there's a new synth. Uh, somewhat, um, well, anyway, I'll play, the, I'll play the thing. Let's have a look. <laughs> Ica Multimedia New Uno Synth Pro and Synth Pro Desktop Three oscillators uh, Paraphonic, dual filter Analog oscillator, analog filter SSI filter plus the OTA filter Three effect slots 12 effects algorithms. Guitar keyboard on the, uh, the main version. This is still looks like a, that looks like the real thing. So, what do we think? I mean, this is you know uh, the reason this came out is because, and we I spoke a little bit about this before the show. It's like it's a nightmare because you know you're a retailer, you've got to get all the stuff in the product database ready for the date when it's supposed to go live. Everybody has a different CMS that might be you know uh, it's not the CEO who's entering the data who has signed the NDA. <laughs> it's the lad who maybe was late and because he was uh, he was late for work or had a bad a bad day at the office and maybe forgot to, or or lady or whatever forgot to click something and it just got out there and somebody took a screen grab. I think that's what happened in this case because in the case of IK Multimedia this was planned to happen later on. I'm not sure exactly when uh, uh, because they were going to get the samples in the hands of the reviewers and all of that's kind of gone. But nonetheless, this is the uh, Uno Synth. Pro, uh, I think the main version, let me see if I've got the, uh, let me see if I can bring the web page up without breaking everything. Uh, let's see, here we go, yeah, cut. So it comes in two flavours and uh, it has, uh, okay, don't worry about cookies, whatever. Uh, next generation analog. It sort of takes on after the Uno synth, which was a little tiny desktop thing. These guys are not terribly competitively priced in terms of they're not going for cheap cheap you know this is 699 uh or 649 uh euros and this uh the smaller one the desktop one is uh three 
99. So they're, they're not massively uh, sort of, you know, they haven't gone for the really cheap market. But I mean, I remember the Unisynth sounded, it did sound pretty good. I just wonder whether they've gone a little bit hot on the pricing. I don't know what you think. I mean, IKR, not traditionally known for their synthesizer hardware, I suppose. So it's a it's a bit of a punt. Um. So when when I listened to this, when I saw this demo, when I watched this demo, um, there were two things. The the first thing was, wow, I like this distorted TB three hundred three sound. Really wide stereo image, really nice fat low end, and I want that synth. And that was my first uh, my first reaction. And then the, the, the demo went on and on for quite a few minutes using the same sound. And I was asking myself, why aren't they changing presets? Because I'm sure it has a lot to, to offer uh, sonically. Um, but then the sound kind of went and got uh, evolved. And uh, just on the basis of this sound, I think I would want to have this, this synth. But I'm, I'll be very happy to to listen to to more sounds from it because I think it's it's really good. I don't know what the differences because I'm not f familiar with the with the previous version, so I don't know what the differences are. Uh, but just it just sounds two, great. Yeah, just two oscillators or a, a, an oscillator and a sub on the original uh, on the original, um, and one of them was morphing. I think this has got three fully wave morphing uh, analog oscillators, so you get a lot more, and there's a uh, ring mold and sync and all of those kind of things. Uh, but yeah, that's an interesting. I don't know what do, what do you think, Dom? Um, I really like the sound of it. I mean, I've been really tempted by one of these, the the, the original ones, which I think were around one hundred and sixty dollars or something, aren't they? One hundred and forty nine quid. Yeah. Just can't justify yet another under two hundred dollar little sound unit really because like they're just they're so tempting these little things and you just end up with lots and lots of bits and pieces around but but they do sound good i love them i, I think they look great they sound great so having an extra oscillator um is enough so it's kind of a the, the original on steroids is is i think a really nice little little bit of kit i think it sound does sound great um i don't see the justification for the keyboard version at the price point i think just 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 like from what you were saying because I, I think all that matters is or the only difference really is i think is, is there an external in or you can root stuff through the effects or something yeah the difference is uh, on the desktop the actual only the the, the the synth engine is exactly the same the only physical difference is uh quarterage outs on the desktop uh and also the uh, in, the input can be rooted via the effects uh only right uh, as right. well as you know, into the filter and through into right. the synth well, that's on a useful, the desktop. So it is useful. That's a useful yeah, a useful, cool little trick. Then if you if you if you're kind of jamming with a bunch of these things to be able to push stuff through it. Um, yeah, I, I think I'd be. I, I'm very tempted with the desktop. Um, I'd like to hear some more sound. Exactly as 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 the eyes said, it does sound great. But it'd be nice to get some other some other sounds coming out of it and have a few more demos. But it, it's that would be enough to make me push the button. I think I wouldn't go for the the keys version. I think I'd wait for the full size, full keyboard polyphonic version before making that, that leap. Well, you say that, that, but I think awesome. that would be even more expensive if we're perfectly honest. I mean, True. you know, six, six, four, nine is, is not an insignificant amount of cash. I mean, it is analog. Well, I could get a I Roland mean, verse lab for that, right? You could, you could absolutely <laughs> could. You could get a, 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 a Roland verse lab for that. Uh, Gaz, what do you think? Mm. I mean, you know, we're, we're all yeah. being pushed into this sort of uh, lots of little things to go on the desktop uh, market. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's mm -hmm. the B 
big muscle car synths and then there are all these sort of little ones that we're all looking for places to put on our desks because you know in the same way as in real estate you know and in proper housing you know everything's tiny you know and you've got to make as much yeah. as you can with this and that's now uh, reflecting in the sort of products that we buy to put in our tiny little houses you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, but i think i mean the original uno, uno was a fabulous unit i think maybe let down a little bit by it doesn't you know it's not the best looking synth and um you know i thought that it ah that that's what put me off a little bit i found it wasn't uh, a particularly attractive synth to to use but it sounded great so it's brilliant to see this i mean i think it's uh, it's definitely a great sounding and exciting synth um but yeah, the price point is the thing. I mean, are those confirmed, those prices, then? They are. Uh, well, if I... Hold on, let me just find... Now you're asking me to switch inputs. This is complicated. <laughs> hold on, I'm just going... Oh, yeah. oh, God, my mouse is just... <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, right here... Uh, oh, no, wrong one there. Sorry. Uh, yeah, there they are. Pre-order yeah. for 399 and 649 So, yeah, I would say well, they are. Well, so the Novation... Well, the... You know the recently re-released base station, the AAFX one. What that's around four hundred pounds, um, and that's so, got knob per function. Yeah, mm. you know. So it's sort of when you just look at the competition, it uh, it just does seem like they may have misjudged the pricing of it. I mean, I, I don't know quite how premium they're going to feel. Uh, and that would be certainly something that would be of concern to me. I mean, there is aftertouch on the keyboard, you know, not um, you know, not a big, you know, amazing thing to have. You'd kind of expect that. I think the AFX has got aftertouch as well, I think. But um yeah, I mean, it's a shame that that price point is the sticking is is the is the talking point, really, because I think the synth has got so much to offer. I think it's quite fun though, how the the desktop one is exactly the same panel of the of the keyboard one, but just with that little capacitive uh, touch strip uh, type keyboard on there. Um, yeah, yeah, but I, I think mean, the desktop uh, one again, it's the it's the matrix, isn't it? That's the thing. It's got the yeah. matrix edit thing, which is what the uh, which yeah. when done okay, and it certainly wasn't a problem on the uh, original. And you know that yeah. that is that's a, that's a language that many of us can get around very quickly. But it it, it yeah, I suppose definitely. it seemed. I, I guess the thing is, is there are three oscillators. It's three oscillator mono. So that's probably what is increasing yeah. the uh, the price point. Yeah, and the wave morphing that sort of side of things is. is I guess gives it its USP a little bit, I suppose, especially with three of them. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, again, I, I I can't come up, I can't get away from the the price being just maybe even a couple of hundred more than you'd perhaps expect. But yeah, it, it's it's tricky. But I mean, mm, yep. good good i mean I, I i imagine they'll probably want to send one to us and i look forward to trying it out because there mm. was something about the uh the uno synth that you know it felt oh, quite nice and it had a, a decent they sound great they do yeah. sound great definitely sound great yeah cool Ooh. uh anyway well that was you know that's the uno synth uh pro which i th i, I doesn't i'm not sure exactly i think they say q1 uh 2021 so within the next six to eight weeks i suppose it will be showing up in the shot in the in the 
stores, but uh, we'll, I, I guess us YouTubers will get it. Oh, I guess one thing it means is we probably won't all be getting it at exactly the same time, which might be nice. We'll have, so, won't all have to hit this kind of everybody release their review on the same day kind of thing, which, you know, <laughs> nice to mix it up a little bit, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what else have we got here? Uh, uh, this is what I was going to look at. Let's see if I can switch to this. This is so tedious i have to say so uh yes yeah, spitfire labs released a few more uh this is the free stuff from spitfire that you get these kind of little uh in their own player these little potted uh instruments we've got laps oh we're not we're not seeing it nick ah okay that's because i haven't pressed that but i'm so sorry this is quite discombobulated <laughs> there we go so lap steel so i play a little bit of this these are these kind of uh they're like almost I suppose they're like offcuts or misshapen biscuits of the larger uh, Spitfire uh, bumper Christmas biscuit tin, uh, if that's a, a poor analogy. Um, but it's sort of so we've got guitar harmonics and Arctic swells. They, they sound great, some of these things, and their soft piano is particularly good. And there's all these other ones. I just thought I'd throw this in there because it's a free thing. I guess the thing is they try and turn it. It's kind of the idea is it's a sort of gateway drug to get you into the other Spitfire stuff, you know, maybe the orchestra and things. But some of these are great. I, I think I think we should probably do a feature where we only make a track using uh, Spitfire Labs. I think that would be. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it wouldn't be hard. I mean, it would be a lot less. It's very atmospheric and it's got some nice reverbs. I'll come to Free you first, Spitfire. Yo, because because. You're, you know, you you inhabit the world of making this kind of stuff. You know, you know what goes into it. I mean, many of us do. Um, have you tried any of the Spitfire Labs? I have it. I've downloaded it. One one day, I was uh, I got an email or something, and I just went through and downloaded each one. Which uh, I, we can't complain because it's free. Yeah, but uh, why not having like download all? You have to go each. Uh, but fine, it's. Uh, I like Spitfire. I like the serious, the more serious stuff. And these lab uh, libraries are quite cool. But I have to say that this is probably um, the best library I never use. Ah, <laughs> there are always so, uh, those, aren't there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds good. I haven't found a use for it because if I, I don't know, there's something about it being kind of. SE or or LE limited limited edition or something like that that I I don't know I don't know why um, but uh, yeah it's a nice concept and it's free plugins and it's free sound so uh, nothing to lose there. What's not to like? Yeah, I know, Dom. Have you tried yeah. any of the lab stuff? That soft piano yeah. is particularly. I mean, it's not got lots of samples, but it's got a character. No, it's, it's wonderful, particularly for some of the more ambient stuff that, that I'm doing. I mean, all that the sleep music stuff that I was doing, um, those kind of sounds is just is just perfect for it. I mean, I have officially completely forgiven Spitfire Audio for their competition, and I, I think everyone should do that now because they've more than redeemed themselves in their, in my opinion. This stuff is is really really great. It, I think. I think yeah, it's right. I do, I do forget it's there sometimes. I mean, I've I I bought the BBC orchestra. I've ended up buying quite a lot of their um, their kind of pro or their their, their paid for packages, um, doing some filming, uh, film music and bits and pieces like that because it is just so good. And there's no, there's certainly they are these sounds are put together with the same expertise and the same amount of of, of kind of love and care and attention. 
I do end up suddenly kind of forgetting that they're available there because if you're looking for ambient sound, suddenly, you know, you might load up contact or something and go through the same old libraries. Um, but they are, for, for, as a free resource, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. And I'm sure they do prod you into buying other stuff. And rightly so, because for that, for, for a particular kind of sound that you're going for, which is generally film music or orchestration, um, their, their stuff is just epic, really, really, really good. And they're obviously going from strength to strength. So, uh, yeah, full marks to um, amazing collection. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I know both you and me. We, I, I mean, I don't. I used to. I used to have a larger sample library, which was mostly geared around sort of drums and hits, because I used to do loads of beats programming. That was my kind of gig, and the rest of it was kind of more uh, to do with physical instruments. And I know you're very much the same. You, we don't really. You're not a kind of hoarder of uh, sample libraries. Uh, no, not particularly. Although I have to say that I have been using the labs, uh, but. Uh, because they come in uh, the uh, the, the expert sleepers disting ex the uh, it, there's some little tie up there they, they've got with Spitfire where they have got that those labs sample sets are you know come pre-installed on the uh, SD card that comes with the Eurorack module the uh, the um, yeah the disting ex and uh, so I've actually been using them quite a bit in that context uh so i don't know if they will keep expanding you know whether these new ones will port across uh for the the disting I'm, I'm fairly sure they will um so so funnily enough i've been using them in a way that i wouldn't necessarily have expected you to didn't go looking for that. them <laughs> they just <laughs> no, arrived no. yeah and it, i it, actually in from the my little modular sort of noodlings having those sounds just available within that environment is great because you know like polyphonic sample it, samples in 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 is quite unusual uh, or relatively um but they do always sound great and i think massive massive kudos to uh to spitfire and uh, i recently just got the uh the bbc just the free the free oh well, i say free this super cheap one um and that's really lovely for for people who want a beautiful sound in orchestra, orchestral, you know, very compact. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really pretty small, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's only a few hundred meg, but is um, is just lovely and super rewarding. I think the idea of making a tune entirely out of labs is a great idea because. Uh, uh, I think it, it would sound whatever anyone does on it always sounds good. And that's the thing about Spitfire in my experience is every single thing I've ever used with them, just, just a few little notes. So it really same. sounds. Well, the, I, yeah. I, I, I'm coming back to this kind of concept of, you know, what, what would be really cool is just to have like, you know, a Raspberry Pi with all the labs yeah. on it that I would just kind yeah. of flip through. I could just go, okay, piano, whatever just every single labs pack on it just basically play when i needed it and it's all in a little box like that you know whatever it may be that's got an audio interface yeah. there's definitely room for for that kind of thing so uh, maybe maybe that's a it's a concept on, on that on that level what was that thing called pipes what's the do you remember that thing that was just like a small little yeah um is that is that surface yet is that is actually become a reality i mean it, i think it was a kickstarter wasn't it what's pipes that? pipes, that, uh, pipes. Yeah, i think it was called I pipes remember. It's just a small little module that was, but it was, um, you know, like a massively multi-tumbral 
Uh, um, I can't, yeah, I'm not sure what Pipe's instrument is going to yield an enormous amount of search <laughs> results, isn't Hang it? On, let me, Probably let me see what it is. That, but yeah, no, I don't know what that is. I, I don't know. Um, I'm pretty sure it did came did come out. I think a mate of my mum was on the, was on the Kickstarter, unless I'm getting muddled up with something else that he did, and then it came uh, out. Chat room. <laughs> Pipe's Kickstarter. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, that's, probably... that's the way to look. Uh, hold on, let me mm. just now try and find... Here we go. Is that what this is? Oh, I'd yes. forgotten about that. Yes. Okay. So just as a small little desktop kind of... Oh, we're not seeing it again, Nick. Oh, yeah. Sorry. That's my <laughs> terrible... There we go. Yeah, here we go. Pipes. Nothing. Oh, okay. Interesting. What the money? What's it cost? 399 I was going to say. Or you could buy some... Uh, Shoes, <laughs> quite <laughs> bucket feet shoes. I don't know what they are, but you know that's. Uh, uh, well, they they certainly got their pledge. So uh, when's it yeah, supposed it to be estimated delivery? Yeah, 2019. So it must have been out for a while. I haven't seen anything mm. about it, but yeah, good shout. Well, it just seemed to sort of be that thing that I thought many people may be looking for, especially you know, you know when you're avoiding sort of a, a DAW kind of approach, just having having just a classic set of things you know uh acoustic instruments pianos and that kind of thing you want to you want a vst host don't you on a pie that kind of, mm. that's what you're kind of talking about you, you, you i mean the the good thing also about the spitfire stuff is i think they've switched away from contact there. that's not necessarily yeah, the good they've got thing, their own engine yeah the, the interface is really good when you think about the different combinations of how to play a violin with the vibrato and the attack and the release and all that kind of stuff. They, they've really got a really nice interface. So if you're playing a line with one hand and you've got any old MIDI controller with two or three sliders, you can really articulate fantastically on it. Um, and so, yeah, if, you, if there was a decent kind of VST and a player in a box, um, that's the kind of thing that would work really well. Well, I tell you what I've got going on in my little studio down there, though, which isn't which isn't a bad idea for people who might have a similar thing. Is my old iPad Air from 2013, um, the veteran of Sonic Touch, uh, is running Korg module, uh, and then uh -huh. it's connected via you know a little USB interface into. So I'm actually using that as my little kind of uh, piano and organ That's and nice, that okay. kind of thing generator, because yeah. you know a lot of people have got old ios devices and i think it'll still run okay-ish even back on an ipad 2 um so just that's not a bad little yeah, that's not a nice bad idea. little thing to do mm. Mm, cool okay um let me see did i come to you yeah i think i did didn't i sorry i'm i i'm massively distracted because normally my muscle <laughs> memory which is just switching everything has been completely wet out the best sample library he never used uh, oh, yeah, the, that that's right. I, I I remember now. Um, okay, so let's get on to this. This is an interesting uh, new product. Naturalizer, which is from what are they called uh, Rast Sound. Sort of a randomizing, uh, it randomizes transients and timing and uh, uh, spectral stuff. It's an interesting idea, actually. Uh, just open the window. I'm not sure this demo is, is possibly the best because it's, 
It's quite subtle, but it's an interesting concept. And I think that the idea is that, that you put it on something and it will just modify what, what for many of us are just repeating patterns and just change it over time with certain elements of randomization of the fat, the, the spectral content, uh, the uh, transient and the the kind of color of it. And, uh, you know, some of the extreme settings, it's more obvious. But outside of that, it does. It's, it's an interesting idea that kind of just basically uh, plays to the human uh, idea of rep repetition and, and hearing the same pattern over and over again, you could put something that was perhaps quite pedestrian in there and it, it would start to have a bit of life in it. Uh, I'll come to you. You've started doing some plugging, yeah. so you can you you can uh, talk. This is Naturalizer. Uh, I think it's on. It's uh, what's it available for? It's on offer, isn't it? Um, it's on offer for I'm just twenty trying. something. Twenty something bucks. It's a really good, it. really good price point. Twenty nine euros. Twenty nine um, euros. There we go. I, this is brilliant. I absolutely love this. Um, it's so useful, and I think having a transient type of uh, effects on there is is just superb i mean what i did mostly pop stuff for years where this would be far less relevant and you're basically you've got three and a half minutes to pack in as much excitement and uh, as possible and tune everything and then i moved out from there to do more ambient stuff and more dance stuff where you're dealing with much longer 1632 bar sections and loops on repeat with uh and bringing in bringing things in and fading them out on a much uh, longer basis and the one thing you learn really fast is that you can't just leave a riff going on for 32 bars and expect people not to get bored and you can't just turn it up and turn it down and expect it to happen so when you watch a lot of the, the producers around what they're doing they'll they'll ev everything will be recorded rather than ultimately run from midi um, and will be a recorded with some kind of effect going on so whether it's a filter gradually opening up or slowing down whether you're tuning it slightly or whatever the movement that you can bring up into those sounds makes it and it takes it from what's ultimately a really good track but you kind of notice people drifting off when they're listening to it to something that suddenly there's an interest there um and it's it's a lot of work um to get all of that stuff going you know and to actually do the, the tuning stuff it's really hard to do if you're kind of doorless and you're doing live stuff but but it's the key it's the absolute key and this thing kind of does it in a automatically but in a what sounds like a really really good way there is definitely no uh no substitute for, for doing it yourself and actually adjusting filters and so forth so to to take the mood particularly in the dance stuff to, to 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 move people into changes and so forth but this brings life to you know even the most kind of banal of riffs that's going on so you can get it to effectively change on on the beat on 16s on 32s on eights um you can get it to do the spectrum so eq changes the color as in sort of warming stuff up and the transient control so you can stick it on percussion and it'll kick in harder or it'll smooth things out or it'll just do random stuff to it over the course of the bar and it just makes everything sound a lot more funky and a lot more moving um just mm. from the demos i didn't have a chance to download it but just from the demos that i heard um and i think it will it's a real 
bonus i think if you're if you're putting together dance stuff in particular and you just want to bring a bit more life to your tracks even if you just use it as inspiration and then you make it better even if you ride the naturalizer mm. through a 32 yeah. bar loop to make that move as well you're definitely you know it's pushing you to take something uh, at least a, a big stage further and it's 29 euros which is which is brilliant. It's, yeah I wish I, I thought the, of the it. only thing i, I thought, I thought I li- there was a little bit of the kind of it sounded at times like uh bad mp3 compression you've got that right. sort of shifting and smearing effect which uh, i don't know whether that, that was just a problem the, yeah the material, yeah that but, would yeah. that's that's definitely worth considering i haven't downloaded it um we should maybe just um mention it next week or something and take a look because assume, if it doesn't sound good then you know it's that's, that's clearly not a good thing the concept that this should be it should be perfectly easy enough to create a vst that can do that without smudging the sound um so fingers crossed, but 29 years, it, particularly for synth riffs, bass lines, percussion lines, there's some really good examples in the video that's, uh, that's well, online. Yeah. Or if you're it's using somebody, you know, like loop, loop, loop based yeah. libraries and you just kind yeah. of, uh, yeah, Eddie, yeah. yeah, I saw you getting a little antsy in your chair there. This sounds like you're right up <laughs> your street in terms of thinking what it does and what, whether it could uh, be useful. Yeah, I mean, what it what it does is it has uh, three engines, uh, a transient a filter, a transient uh, processor, a filter, and spectral, which I presume is something like a um, clipper or overdrive or something like that. Um, and basically, it's every sixteenth or every eighth or whatever you set it to do uh, with a speed, um, it will change presets of uh, those processors. Um, with some time constant, so you'll have some sort of smoothing. But um, but what it doesn't do is it it doesn't react to the content being played. So it does it very bluntly. So it will change a preset every sixteenth with some smoothing. But if you have a long note or a sustaining note or something like that, and it's apparent in in their demo later in the demo. That you would hear that you would hear the the preset kind of changing, and I think I think that something like that um, could be could be addressed in 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 some ways that I'm not going to get get too much into that. But I I'm thinking that for me um, something like that I would probably create something similar in my dough. Because what I can do is I can send, I can put it on a group, split it to three layers. One of them using something like meta filter or any other filter with LFO, you can change the cutoff um, at at a certain rate, and you can change the the amplitude at a certain rate, and you can so you can drive a distortion and with compression. So you can you can actually build something like that. I know that a lot of things that come in in a plugin format, you can actually do yourself. But in this case, it will give you a lot of flexibility because if you have three meta filters or any any other plugins with, with LFOs, you can set different rates to each property. So the loudness will go up and down in a, at a certain rate, the cutoff at a different one. Right. So it will sound less kind of even, so you don't even have to, uh, to it, it to be randomizing because if you set it to different rates on each It'll, one, yeah. you'll get like such a complicated polyrhythm that it will virtually be random. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sure, and you sure. can set something like that on a bus and then just send your congas or whatever to this bus. 
to get that kind of uh, feeling. Not to mention that you can then automate or draw with the pencil tool, like in, in Pro Tools, uh, that you can draw an LFO basically uh, to automate the send. So you can send it to a room or something like that, you know. So it, it's a nice concept. I, I think it's uh, it's a little bit too simplified for for me. Ah, okay. uh, and yeah, also uh, and and also I could hear uh, I could hear some artifacts as well. So. Mm. Yeah, good okay. idea, but not greatly executed for, for my So, um, Gaz, I seem to remember you talking about the idea of, uh, was it dynamic EQs across a mix where you were just moving ever so slightly uh, yeah, EQ points to left and side yeah. so that there's this sort of subtle change in tonality across an entire mix yeah. even? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so so this completely connects with that. And also something else, which uh, this doesn't do, but uh, is along a similar lines, is something that I've done on numerous occasions, uh, is um, try to get the tempo map changing every single beat, but by small amounts. And I tell you what, everyone, you should really try this because the way it makes a rigid music just feel natural. The way I've done it, I mean, it can be quite long-winded, but... Um, I got a, a guy to play along, just hitting a pillow with a with a with a drumstick, and recorded that. Um, so he's playing along with a track, and then it's a it's a feature you can do in Cubase where you can then extract the tempo map from that recording, even though he was playing along with the the, the existing track that was on the rigid grid, playing along, just hitting it with a pillow, and then. And then you can then set all the audio tracks that you've got, and uh, uh, well, the tempo tracks all to then go to the new uh, track that the guy's just done by playing the pillow. Uh, and then it's all just ever so, I mean, you know, he's good and he's playing it in time, but just that slight movement of each beat suddenly, and I mean, you listen to the difference and it sounds, I mean, it's kind of subtle, but it just sort of feels more alive. Uh, and I haven't seen it in any DAW, a way of being able to just apply small amounts of randomization to the tempo map, you know, and being able to choose how much drift or sort of variance there is. Um, but certainly if you do take a really great performance that's not done to a click track, but is beautifully played, you know, it, it, there is always that tiny amount of movement. Uh, but yeah, in terms of giving the real kind of uh, human feel or just, uh, it's definitely worth doing that. So I feel that this does the thing to the spectral uh, dimension, but uh, but the time dimension will still be kind of rigid. So yeah, be kind of interesting to see if any if anything That's or if anyone idea. knows any way of, other way of doing it. That's a really um, interesting I, idea. Sorry, I, uh, yeah. Sorry, just thought of of something uh, there, Jazz. Um, uh, Gaz, sorry. Um, um, Basically, what you can do is you take a click track or a higher track or anything like that, and in Logic and in Cubase as well, you can randomize the the note the note on, the timing of the notes on with the transform event. So then you can randomize it, record that into audio, and then let Cubase use that as a template for its uh, for its tempo map, and tempo. you get something which is random. It's not human feel, but it's still random. It's random so, 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 so I'm curious. So what happens? What happens? Because obviously, 
Uh, time stretching and stuff. Um, are, are we at the point now where these micro movements and this elasticity of audio uh, are issues with phase and that kind of wonkiness all fixed now? I mean, do we? Is that something we don't have to worry about anymore? I feel that in the Cubase, the Cubase engine is amazing. I really think it's amazing. It's. Uh, it's I mean, there's probably going to be slight changes, but. I mean, I, when any time I've done that, I've always really liked it. Um, just uh, so is if if there's a trade off, I always felt that it was worth doing. But the uh, is it uh, which I can't remember which algorithm, not MPEX. I can't remember what the name of the algorithm that Cubase uses. Do you remember we did it, didn't we? On uh, on on a we did a little Cubase feature a few years back where we were playing with uh, tempo maps and we slowed the tempo down to two BPM and you get a really beautiful tonality uh with that with that time engine uh but yeah but your ideas really that 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 that's got me thinking that's a really that's a really cool way around it but i definitely urge people to play around with that though just to feel how much how different it makes things ah, another example actually is when i've done i did a whole album I'm, i have talked about this before so apologies for those who remember me but but uh, with acoustic guitarist um and then uh, we were doing a whole album, and I went out and it, he came over here. And we went in my garden, and he played through all the songs. I sort of recorded them just just a sort of pre-production, um, and I I liked his inherent sense of timing. Um, so when we recorded the album, we didn't use a click track, and I extracted all the tempo maps from his performances, and then applying drum machines and things. To sort of just like a four-bar pattern that play that moves with his acoustic guitar nuance, ah, it just it the, it was amazing. It really feels like it's proper performance and not just this kind of rigid thing. Um, I remember at the time I was just celebrating, hooray! Musicians have got control of the grid. You know this from the sort of fascistic <laughs> of the computer. So yeah, but I haven't seen much else along those lines but it really is quite amazing experience i would say uh if you are interested in this kind of stuff um melodyne is the best i've that i found for extracting the best feeling uh you know um the, and so what i would typically do the cubics one is is really good but the the, the melodyne one is i think it's the next level and then you you can take your audio into melodyne create a uh, is assign tempo is the name of the function. Assign tempo, make your um, make your um, tempo map, and then export the tempo map out as a MIDI file that then you can open into your DAW as the tempo map. Then with all of right. the with, with all of the, the the timing nuance in there. Interesting. But, I, I, I'm so I, you guys, Yoad and uh, uh, Dom, you both you both kind of work on more sort of dance or pop production. I mean, do you find, Yoad, when you're, do you, do you try and move the tempo in these things or are, are the people that you're ultimately playing those mixes to, <coughs> do they require that level of rigidity and they, or, or do they not know that they're hearing this movement that you've added? Um, at the end of the day, you know, it's all down to, to feel and what fits the special genre. Like if it's electronic music that you, 
usually you would expect it to be in time. And if it's other stuff which is hybrid, then you have guitars and bass and stuff like that, and then you can choose whether or how much you want to quantize those elements. And you can have live percussion or live drums and all that. And you can, so you have the more organic stuff you're dealing with and, and real musicians or even real like loops or samples of, of, you know, like played rhythm or anything rhythmic, then you can always choose how much you want to quantize it and how much you want to leave it. And then even if the kick is solid, the other stuff around it can, can have some, some life. Um, and even if you record analog synths, the timing of MIDI is really, really bad. So that's, that already gives you some sort of, uh, you know, floating thing, which, which a lot of the times I have to, to get rid of, because if it's something which has like a bass, a bass line or a synth based sound, and it has transients and stuff like that, then with, with what we used to in today's productions, you would want it dead on because it has to work with a click on the kick and it has to be uh, in you know the right phase point and everything like that so but uh if you're doing something just in the box with just a program hi-hat and stuff like that maybe you want it to sound like that and otherwise you can just play with other elements uh, but changing changing the tempo map i remember it from from the old days steinberg used to have a hardware unit which i don't uh smp 24, 24 yeah 24 yeah, which oh, you yeah. which you could use uh with i used to use it a lot um before audio was recorded in the, the computer so we had the drama recorded to tape and then i would put a delay on the kick and the snare to create eight notes from the um you know from a consistent eight notes because sometimes the kick pattern is not consistent uh, and then feed it to the SMP 24 and it will generate a sample map which you could import um, which will actually drive Cubase in real in real time according to the time code of uh, of the tape machine so you would have the the drama would be your anchor and the all the percussion and loops and synths and stuff like that would kind of um, fit to it, yeah. to the drama timing. Well, so they used to be they, they used to be, thing. They used to be the, SRC, cool. the SRC AT, which was yeah. the uh, French used to use, which could jam sync and could take uh, clicks. Yeah. Uh, but I, I was going to come to you, uh, uh, Dom, as well about you know do you because you, a lot of your the stuff that I see you do under Mr. Wiggly is kind of quite traditional technoish, yeah, technoish yeah. stuff. So it's it, it, is it rigid or do you like to mess um, with it a bit? I think if you're if you're doing stuff which is locked to the kick drum, then um, and you, in general, what you're saying is absolutely right. You'd use things treatments like what this naturalizer that we were just talking about does, and in terms of uh, altering um, stuff on the beat sonically. So you're not shifting it against the timing of the track, but you're shifting the the feel against the, the on the beats of the track, and then that will give you some natural movement. But that you know, once you've got a kick and a hat and maybe a snare or a clap going, there's definite room for movement in terms of percussion and other sounds that are coming on. So the techno stuff tends to have not a lot going on, that there are some parts in there that are very important. You don't mash it all up with lots of stuff and there's definitely room to move around. So I'd say have a look at, instead of hitting quantize every time, hit um, 
uh, weighted quantize. So you can you can say quantize 50%. So don't bring everything right the way back on the beat. Play it in by hand and move it towards the beat. And the Logic's got a, a, a percentage where I think Ableton has exactly the yeah. same thing. So if you've got something that sounds almost sounds right you know so it's you can hear that it's groovy you don't want this absolutely bang on the beat kind of thing then then, then play around with that if it's less yeah. techno-y and 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 particularly four parts on their guitar parts little licks little, the funky kind of sounds that you use and definitely off the beat is is the way to go um and and a tiny little bit of movement even if you're not going to get into kind of quantizing the groove of the of, of a loop that you're playing, just shifting the thing backwards and forwards against the the beat will will change things so fundamentally. It'll either push you forward, it'll lay you back a bit, and it can completely change the the, the sound of a song. So, I mean, in in general, it's the sort of thing that you just have to do and go away for half an hour and then come back and listen to it and see if you're going in yeah. the right is direction. It, is it better those. or is it just but, different? And uh, I want exactly. to hear something. I'm bored. But, but yeah. it's certainly <laughs> well, it's certainly different, <laughs> and and it's so important. If you if you just look at a really good rhythm section, the way that they move together when they're playing live shows you why things are funky and really move your body. So mm. clearly, if you just then have a robotic beat behind the whole thing, it's not going to move you in the same way. Yeah. Um, um, and um, literally I, just I, I, subtle, right? I thank you very much for that. I've just realised the time has moved on uh, a bit, and I have to. I do uh, have to uh, to get out of Nick, uh, dodge today. Nick, uh, can yeah, I just yeah. say very? Just very very quickly because I forgot. Um, Ableton Live Eleven when it ships is going to have a new plugin, isn't it? Which is very much about this. I forgot all about that. Um, so uh, yeah, that was it. That, 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 that might be something to look at in a later episode. But I think. Yeah, there's something coming in, in 11 that along these something lines. Something coming in 11. Well, folks, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for listening and, and uh, putting up with my uh, technologically challenged uh, <laughs> lack of MIDI controller, which I'm going to have to figure out why that's dropping out. Um, but, hey, uh, thank you very much, everybody, for watching. Don't forget, if you want to head over to Isotope, you can actually... Now, here's a challenge. Let's see if I can make this happen. Uh there we go. You can use the the uh, go to isotope.com Sonic Talk. You save ten percent on Sonic uh, products on, on Isotope products, even with the code Sonic Ten. Uh, I want to say thank you very much to them for uh, uh, providing that to us. And uh, but for now, we're going to say goodbye to everybody. Yoad, it's been lovely to have you. Thank you very much for joining us. I hope uh, uh, you now have a little bit of uh, breathing space before you got to dive back into your mixes. Uh, but we look forward to seeing you again soon. Pleasure to be here. And also, Mr. Dominic Hawken, um, great to see you. you and nice to see you back on form. And the, the, may you be uh, migraine-free for as many months as it's humanly mm. possible to be. And <laughs> thank you very much. Pleasure stuff. to be here. Uh, thank you very much. And also, uh, Gaz Williams, thank you too. Yeah. Have you got a show tonight or are you... Uh, yeah, are you first, first show of the year tonight, uh, 8pm GMT. Uh, Going to be a bit of a hodgepodge of stuff. I might actually do a little bit of Resolume actually on my show tonight. So... Tune, yeah, tune in if you're interested in in anything like that. And, Gaz uh, William, and some other Gaz things. Williams show, Gaz Williams channel, Gaz Williams show. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, thank you very much for uh, all Thanks. of your time. I'm going to now see if I can figure out how to actually end this show. That is going to be really <laughs> challenging because I don't know how the hell I'm going to do that. Right. Okay. Because uh, uh, it doesn't work anymore. I haven't got an end button. So uh, <laughs> that's it. Thank you very much for watching. We'll see you all uh, next time. Take care.